So if you'd like to follow the words of the psalm, please turn to page 570 in the Church Bibles. Psalm 46, for the director of music of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says... Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Awesome. Thanks, Richard. Um, My name's Stephen. I'm the youth minister here at BH. Great to see you all here. We're carrying on our series looking at book two of the Psalms, Psalm 42 to 72, and we're looking at Psalm 46 tonight. What a joy. Um, but before we get there, let me just uh, share something with you. Um, I get scared quite easily. And one thing that particularly terrifies me... Oh, the clicker's not working. That's all right. We'll uh, roll on. Um, one thing that absolutely terrifies me um, are birds. Like, I am absolutely petrified of, of birds. Those feathered fiends are freaky, aren't they? Have you, have you ever thought about it? Like, birds are equipped with every single weapon needed to terrorise human beings. I think about it. They, 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 have, they have claws. They have beaks. They have talons. They are scary. They're, look at them. Look at that pigeon. Deadly. Uh, they're scary things. And so usually I respond to these birds in one of three ways, right? Classic fear stuff. Fight, flight, or freeze. Here's how it kind of looks. There I am, walking down Hove, happy days. <gasps> Pigeon. Option one, fight. Okay. This involves sprinting full pace at a pigeon, swinging whatever is in my arms, screaming, get out of the way! Yeah, you get the picture. That's option one. Option two. Again, there we are, Hove, walking down the street. Seagull this time. <sighs> flight. This is my preferred technique. Cross the road. He won't see me. Or if Lizzie, my wife, is there, I'll use her as a human shield. <laughs> Go on, love, take one for the team. Um, that's option two. Option three, freeze. Right, bird, and this is genuine. These are all genuine responses. Like, bird there. I hope it goes away. Why, why, is, it, why is it looking at me? It's walking closer. Oh, bears are scary. Like, fight, fight, or freeze. That, that's kind of my reaction. Um, but the people here in Psalm 46, see, they're facing a terrifying prospect and they don't do anything that I do. Uh, they have faith. Did you see? Have a look at verse 1. 
Psalm 46, page 570, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Like, they have faith. They're not like me facing a pigeon. (laughs) They're like, we have faith. They have rock-solid confidence in their God. It's awesome. And Charles Spurgeon called this psalm the song of holy confidence. And hopefully this evening it will help us and inspire us to trust and have confidence in our God. Because even in those times when it feels like the earth is shaking. Because in this psalm there are two potential chaotic events which could disrupt all peace, all calm, all quiet. The first one, creation is in chaos. Have a look at verse 2 again. We will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. This is terrifying. Earth quaking, sea roaring and foaming, tsunamis, earthquakes. This is scary stuff. And mountains, mountains are big. Okay, if you, if you don't know, the mountains are big. They're big things. Like they're massive. And in the Bible, they're, they're, they're pictures, they're symbols of strength and power and stability and security. These unmoving leviathans. And yet, look how they're being treated in Psalm two, 46, verse 2. It's like a sandcastle. The mountains are falling and quaking. This is... This is scary stuff. And did you see what's causing the mountains to quake and fall and collapse? There it is in verse 2 and verse 3. The sea. See, just like mountains are symbols of strength and power and might, the sea in the Bible is a symbol of chaos. This untamable, swirling, roaring, foaming, surging, chaotic mass that can't be tamed and can't be controlled. And we read Psalm 46, verse 2, and our mind goes back to Genesis chapter 1. You know, when God's making the earth, he makes, he brings an order out of chaos. The first thing is to sort out the sea. Well, here's kind of the opposite, isn't it? This is decreation. This is chaos causing havoc to the created order. This is scary. In fact, it probably looked a bit like this. This is a clip from an old film that shows a little bit of what this might look like. Creations in chaos, and it's a terrifying prospect. 
And it's not just creation that's in turmoil. Do you see? Uh, the nations are in chaos too. Have a look at verse 6. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. It's kind of implied there that there's wars and trouble at governmental level. That like a society is falling apart. Rebellions coming up. Revolts. The structures of society that seem stable and secure are crumbling apart. And did you notice? Verse 6, nations are in uproar. And verse 3, the waters are roaring up. Verse 6, the kingdoms are falling. Verse 3, the mountains are falling. It's mirrored. Nations and creation. As one writer said, um, all hell is breaking loose. Everything that, that seems stable and firm and secure is crumbling and falling apart. It is a terrifying picture here in Psalm 46. And still the people say, we won't fear. Man, I want to know their secret. Like, I want to know their confidence, don't you? I mean, especially because, because like, um, creation crumbling, nations tumbling. Doesn't that sound like 2019 at the moment? Have you thought about that? Uh, people are telling us, these Extinction Rebellion folk are telling us that climate change is going to destroy and break apart this world. People are petrified of the impact we're having on, the, on our world in the future. Uh, and more than that, we only have to look across to to Japan and see typhoons causing havoc. Creation's in chaos at the moment, isn't it? And then we think about governments and we look at Hong Kong, uh, a place that's been like absolutely crippled by governmental goings-on. And we look across at Turkey and Syria this week. And then we come to our own country and see this absolute shambles as Brexit. Like... It's a scary time, isn't it? Like, like, like all these stable things are now crumbling and falling apart. It's scary. It feels like the earth is shaking. And not just, not just on, a, on a big big level, but on a personal level, it sometimes feels like our own individual worlds are like collapsing and crumbling, doesn't it? Like we may face redundancy. Our marriages may be creaking and cracking. Our, our parents may be sick and suffering. Our best friend, my wife, lost, lost their job. And then those plans we made for the future that seemed like really good and exciting are falling through. And it feels like, on a big scale, like things are just, just collapsing in our own little worlds. And then we think about the everyday whirlwind. Like life seems to move on at 97 miles an hour with no let up. Like it's fast and, and furious and with jobs to do, exams looming, bills to pay, friends to look out for. Like, it feels like chaos, doesn't it, half the time? It feels like we're crumbling and falling apart. And yet, Psalm 46, we're going to see three reasons why Christians don't need to fear. See, because often when all that's going on, our natural reaction will be to, to fight and battle our way through. Or it will be to, to flee and try and run away and avoid responsibility. Or to freeze and stand there and do nothing and hope that things pass us by. But Psalm 46 will give us the tools to have faith and keep going. See, because there's three things to know about our God that are going to help us when life feels like it's all quaking apart. Here's the first one. Our God is with us. Yes! Um, uh, our 11 to 14s, um, we go on a, a summer camp called Woolly 3. It happens in the summer, it's brilliant, it's great. But, but one year, a few years ago, um, there was a traumatic experience. There were a few survivors in this room here today. Um, 
It was the year of the wasp. So we're there. Last night of camp. Everything's looking peachy and lovely. Happy days all round. We're going for a bonfire. And someone puts their hand in a wasp's nest accidentally. A man. It was like a scene from Saving Private Ryan, like, like World War II films. Like, 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 like agony, people screaming, running everywhere, people clutching their limbs, like, like they've been shot and like falling to the floor. It was crazy. Chaos all over the place. Right? 37 people got stung. Multiple times. It was scary. But it would, it would have been so much worse had this man not been here. Look, he's, that's him at Woolly Free. That, that's Ant. Dr. Ant. He was an overall leader. And see, oh, man, Ant kept a cool head when everything else was going, was falling around him. He set up a little field hospital, a triage for the wounded. Go this way, go this way. And then we got back and he supplied meds to everyone. And then he stood on a chair and gave an epic, rousing, calming speech. We've beaten the wasps. Yes, Ant. And then he brought it down a level and said, don't worry, we're safe back here. Wasps don't track back this far. It's okay, you can sleep. Oh, instant calm. Ant was there. See, see, there are certain people that when they're around, like, like you feel calm and relaxed and secure. Ant's one of those guys on camp. When he's around, you're like, yes, he's got it. But our God is the ultimate calming, peaceful presence. He's the ultimate one, the ultimate security. So verse 2, we've got roaring um, waters, foaming, uh, surging, mountains quaking and falling apart. You can imagine the music to go with this, right? Like the Jaws theme tune. Intense, furious, frenetic and powerful. And then you almost hear the change in verse 4. The change of pace. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. You can hear that lovely, soft, soothing melody uh, as we're taken to a bubbling stream and a beautiful, serene city, a, a, a picture of calm and peace. And actually, you see at the top of the psalm, it says Alamoth. We kind of reckon that that means to be sung by young women uh, and as we read verses 4 and 5, you can hear those beautiful soprano uh, voices singing and lilting in harmony through verses 4 and 5, creating this beautiful, tranquil sound. Oh, lovely. This picture of peace and stability and calm amidst all the chaos. The chaos doesn't touch God. It doesn't touch his city. His, that's the most peaceful, peaceful city in the world, by the way, on the screen there. Look at it, lovely. But, but, but the chaos doesn't touch him. What all that's going on the earth, all, 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 all the, the chaos and turmoil and cracking and creaking and stumbling and falling, the city stands firm. And did you notice too that those waters that were untamable and chaotic in verse 2 are now in verse 4, a babbling brook that feeds God's city. He has tamed the untamable. Such is his raw power and strength. And now that's, that water that was attacking and threatening people is supplying God's people with everything they need to live and keep on going. Oh, lovely. What a picture. The chaos doesn't touch God's city. And did you see why? It's there in verse 4. 
There is a river whose streams that gather the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. Yes. That city is secure and safe and stable because God is within her walls and the place where God is will never crumble. And see, that's where these people have, have their first like thing to hold on to in verse 7 and verse 11, this little repeated chorus. They say, the Lord Almighty is with us. God is with his people and the place where God is will never crumble. And like, if they knew it back then, then how much better do we know it as Christians, this side of Jesus? (laughs) See, for those of us who trust in Jesus, uh, Jesus says to us, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Our God is with us. See, the chaos of life can often make us feel alone and isolated and abandoned. We feel like we're cracking and creaking on our own in a small little shell and it's terrifying. But Christian, that's not true for you. You face nothing alone. Our God is with us. And he's not with us in, as in like a, ah, oh, lovely, he's with you kind of way. No! He literally, verse 4, is within, every, or he dwells within every Christian believer. The Holy Spirit. God Almighty living in us. Yes! And God, by God's mighty spirit, he provides us with everything that we need to keep on going. The spirit's like, like that stream that feeds God's city, supplying us with the supplies to keep on plodding on through the chaos. We are not alone because our God is with us. And that's such good news because of the second big thing the psalm wants to tell us. See, that God is our fortress. Oh, yes. What a good end. God's our fortress. Um, Anyone know what this castle's called? Any any castle buffs out there? Maybe not. Okay, I I, I like a good castle. Um, This is Harlech Castle. Yeah, fancy, you're learning something. Harlech Castle. And see, this holds a record. Um, This beast endured the longest siege in British history. From 1461 to 1468, Harlech Castle stood firm. Seven long years. 9,000 men tried to cripple this this castle, but they couldn't get past those 40-foot-high walls that were 10-foot wide. It stood. A mighty fortress. And it was originally built, right, um, for the English troops invading Wales. So, so like, like the troops would go out and battle, battle, battle. Oh, I'm tired. And so run back to the castle for refuge. Recoup. Have some food. Eat. Let's go again. Battle, battle, battle. Come back for refuge. It was their safe place. And did you see how God's described in verse 7 and 11, this repeated chorus? The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. God is our fortress. And see, this means that God is the only unshakable thing in a world that crumbles and falls apart. He stands firm. The chaos doesn't threaten our God's reign and rule. Yes, isn't that good news? He is our fortress. And he'll last a whole lot longer than Harlech Castle. He won't ever fail. He won't ever fall. He stands. God is our fortress. 
And that's such good news for us because, I don't know about you, but often I feel like I'm on unstable footing. I feel like I'm cracking and creaking. We may come out of the hospital hearing some pretty awful news and our legs feel weak and our head is spinning and we're shaken up. Or we may have to endure a horrible breakup that leaves us feeling like our world's falling apart and slipping apart and it's scary. Or like me over the last couple of weeks, um, I found life pretty hard and feeling like I'm like, treading water and, and, and barely treading water over these massive ferocious waves. You, you know, you feel like that? In those times, isn't it great that God is our fortress? That when we feel that we're crumbling and falling apart, he won't. Oh, man, that's such good news for us. He won't be shaken. He can't be shaken. God is our fortress. We can trust him. When life is shaken apart, we can trust him. Here's what Spurgeon said. Uh, He said, great men may quake for fear in times of calamity. But the man whose trust is in God needs never be dismayed. Because God is our fortress. We can run to him. And so I think we need to kind of learn what the English soldiers did with Harlech Castle. Learn to take refuge in him. So, so you know how life can get chaotic and crazy and it can feel like it's too much for us. Well, let's stop and take refuge in God. Like, like to stop in that craziness and spend time with him. Reminding ourselves of his character, his goodness, his might, his power, his love, his care, his affection. And from that we go out and take on the world. <laughs> um, I've been doing this recently, uh, since doing this sermon thing. I made this little card uh, there's a big one, here's a small one. It goes in my Bible. Um, and I've been saying this every morning to myself as a little uh, prayer thing. And when life's a bit overwhelming, I, I, I say it to myself as a little thing to remind me. The Lord Almighty is with me. The God of Jacob is my fortress. It's amazing how much peace and calm that brings. <laughs> our God is our fortress. Yes. And then we move to the big third reason and we oh, it's, it's, a gold, it's gold dust but the third reason we can trust and have confidence in our God is because our God is victorious have a look at verse 8 come and see what the Lord has done the desolations he has brought on the earth he makes wars cease to the ends of the earth he breaks the bow and shatters the spear he burns the shields with fire see we're invited to a battlefield we're invited to, to, to the end we're invited to get a glimpse of the future to, to see judgment day and look what we see we see silence all is still rebels are brought low enemies crushed all is calm and God is victorious And did you see how he brought about this calm and peace and still? It's there in verse 6, a little, little taster for us. Um, he says, he lifts his voice, the earth melts. His voice. And look what he says in verse 10. He says, be still and know that I am God. Those words aren't like a, a, a call for calm, quiet meditation with a candle. 
No, those words are an awe-striking word of rebuke and submission to all chaos and all warring nations to be still. Because there is one God who is victorious. And man, I wish I had that kind of power. Um, with my boy, I'm a youth minister, so I work with young people. Um, on Thursdays, we have rooted 11 to 14s. Um, we get between 20 and 30 of them, right? And they come down at 7:30. We give them sugar. Bad idea. Uh, and rooted on Thursdays is the definition of chaos, right? There's stuff being thrown around. There's shouts. There's screams. It, it, I love it. It's great. But 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 like, and then, then there's me standing there, trying to get everyone to be quiet. Rooted, be quiet. Rooted. Three, two, one, one, two, three. Uh, rooted, be quiet. I'll even get the whistle out at some points too. Um, I might just turn the microphone away. And, and, and still, still the chaos rages on. Still the stuff being thrown around. Still, it, it's absolutely wild. Because I haven't got the kind of power God does. See, he speaks and all is calm in an instant. The chaos of creation stilled. The chaos of the nations stopped. Look at the aftermath of of God speaking. Broken bows, shattered spears, burning shields. Our God is victorious. This is kind of scary, isn't it? It's a kind of scary picture. Such is his raw power. See, the psalmist is trying to tell us to fear God. Not to fear creation or fear the nation. See, the world is not going to end in a big climate change cataclysmic event type thing. It's not. The world's not going to end in World War Three. It's not. The world is going to end when our God speaks. Because he is in charge. He is the Lord Almighty and he is victorious. We should be afraid of him. And it is scary standing on this battlefield looking out and seeing it all rebellion crushed and God standing there. But look how the psalm ends in verse 11. Oh, yes. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. See, our God is our fortress even through judgment. That what's being pictured here in Psalm 46 is Judgment Day. And that's a terrifying prospect. God's rightful wrath and judgment on all sin and all rebellion and every human being deserves to be punished. And yet for every Christian believer we can say our God is our fortress. It's a lovely poetic thing where he shelters us from himself in himself. Isn't that beautiful? And here's kind of how he does it. He sends his son, Jesus. And his son, Jesus, dies on a cross. And as he dies on the cross, we've sung it about it tonight, he takes the full wrath of God, the undiluted, concentrated wrath of God for judgment on sin. So that all who trust in him can be sheltered, safe and secure. It's kind of like we hide behind the cross and Jesus stands there, as one song says, shielding sinners with his blood. He's our refuge, even through judgment. And the reason we're brought to Judgment Day to see our security and our refuge is because 
If our God is our fortress, even through judgment, then can we not trust him to take us through the smaller chaoses of life that seem to shake and quake? If we need not fear judgment day, that terrifying and great day, then we need not fear anything that comes our way. Because our God is victorious. But if you aren't trusting in Jesus, it is terrifying. You do not want to be on the wrong side of God. As we see here, bows are broken, spears are shattered, shields are burning. It is terrifying. Please don't stand out in judgment. Please shelter behind Jesus and speak to us to find out more. Because our God is victorious. And do you notice how the psalm ends in peace and praise? As Derek Kidner said, the outcome is peace. The process is judgment. See, through the judgment, God takes us to peace. Verse 10, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. All is still. Christians, we may endure a lifetime of chaos and instability and shaking. But this is a reminder that we will enjoy an eternity of peace and praise. An eternity of comfort and security in Psalm 46. That holy city of our God. What a joy. Our God is victorious. Um, I want to end by talking about this man here. Oh, Martin. Martin Luther. Uh, he's a great reformer of the 1500s. Um, absolute legend. But um, in 1527, well, he had a pretty hard year. Uh, he, well, the Black Plague was sweeping through Germany at that time and affecting countless people. His own son tragically died. Um, and for him, his body was getting weak and, and, and frail, and he was being abused from the outside, from pe- people shouting at him, and it was not an easy year for him, 1527. But 1527, he, he turned Psalm 46, his favorite psalm, into a song. A mighty fortress is our God. And it was said that when times were at their absolute darkest, when he was discouraged and desperate, he would turn to his co-worker, Philip Melanchthon, and say this. Come, Philip, let us sing the 46th Psalm. And they'd sing, a mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. I love that to be part of BH's like, culture here. The, 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 like people who are discouraged and dismayed after the service will go to him and say, hey, let's say the 46th Psalm together. Let's pray it together. Or, or a little text during the week, Psalm 46, verse 7. Or as a family, going for a real hard patch, get the Bible open. Why not read Psalm 46 together? Because it's a reminder that, that even when the outlook of, of, of creation is bleak and the outlook of our nation is bleak, it's a reminder that our God is with us, our God is our fortress, and our God is victorious. Such good news. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this psalm. Thank you that you are the only unshakable thing in a world that sometimes seems to creak and crumble. Lord, help us to take refuge in you, to shelter in you our mighty fortress. Amen.